You're listening to a Wheels on the Ground production. This episode of Disability After Dark has been brought to you by Come As You Are. Come As You Are is Canada's only worker-owned co-op sex shop. Trans-owned and operated, Come As You Are carefully reviews and curates their selection of sex toys, books, and DVDs. Now you can get 15% off your next purchase at comeasyouare.com using coupon code AFTERDARK. Hey there, my sexy disabled lovers. It's almost Valentine's Day and my friends adamandeve.com want me to let you know that they have some really cool Valentine's Day offers for you. And so I want to let you know all about it right now. Get comfy, cozy, and crippled. Open your box of chocolates and let me tell you all about it. Free stuff is the best stuff. But free stuff that will ignite your sexy, disabled Valentine's Day is even better. Check this out. When you go to adamandeve.com and select almost any one item, you'll get it at 50% off. That's amazing by itself, but it gets even more amazing because they load on the free stuff. When you enter my exclusive code, only for Disability After Dark listeners, at checkout, which is DarkPod, that's D-A-R-K-P-O-D at checkout, not only do you get the one item at 50% off, you'll also get 10 free gifts for your Valentine's Day pleasure. And let me tell you all about them. First, you'll get six free movies that you can download for your viewing pleasure. You can watch them with a sexy partner on Valentine's Day, or you can eat that box of chocolates and watch them by yourself if you want to. But six free movies, that's amazing. I love free movies, that's great. Go ahead and get that. You will also get a free mystery pack that includes an item for penis havers and an item for vulva havers, and it's something I know you'll definitely enjoy. Plus, with all this, you get free shipping, and that's pretty awesome for Valentine's Day. Who doesn't want a free Valentine's Day gift? That's pretty cool, right? So again, if you want to get all this free Valentine's Day stuff, make sure at checkout you use the code DARKPOD. So you go to adamandeve.com and you use the the code DARKPOD. Again, that's D-A-R-K-P-O-D at checkout, and you will get all of those things. One item for 50% off, the movies, the mystery pack, all that stuff for Valentine's Day, which you can use with a partner or yourself on Valentine's Day. Get that stuff now. D-A-R-K-P-O-D at checkout, darkpod at checkout at adamandeve.com. Take advantage of it, listeners, right now. Happy Valentine's Day! Content warning. The language, content, and discussion found within this episode of Disability After Dark will be explicit. Listener discretion advised. You're listening to Disability After Dark, the podcast shining a bright light on disability stories with your host, disability awareness consultant, Drew Gerza. 
Hello, hello, friends. Welcome to the show, friends. Thank you so much for clicking on this brand new episode of Disability After Dark, the award-nominated podcast that shines a bright light on disability stories. I'm your host, Daddy Drew Gerza. Let's get comfy, cozy, and crippled and get this show started, everybody. Before we get to the donations and the people that have pledged and all the things we usually do here, I am recording this intro on the day right after um, President Biden got inaugurated. And I just want to say to my friends south of the border, what a fucking relief that is. As an American living in Canada, which I am, I was so relieved that that fucking Cheeto finally got out of the office. And so I know we don't do too much politics here, but I had to lay it out. I'm so glad that there was a transition of power and things might slowly change for the better. And I wanted to say to all my disabled American friends, a new day is on the horizon now and we might actually get more things that we deserve now that Biden's in power. But uh, enough enough about my political waxing. This is not a political podcast, but let's get started. First things first, of course, I want to give a great shout out to some of the people that have pledged to the show to keep the, the to keep a bright light shining on the disability stories that we share here. And your pledges help me also just live. And it's really, really, I'm really, really thankful that you're able to pledge if you are and that you listen and review and let me know that the show's great and all those things. So I want to give a shout out to someone new. Let's do that right now. I have to give a huge shout out to my new friend, Catherine Peliquin, who pledged $5 a month, but did so over the year. So what you can do now with Patreon is if you want to pledge over the year, whatever you can, you can pledge it for a year. So if you can't make monthly payments and you want to do one payment for the whole year, you can even do that. So Catherine Peliquin gave me $5 a month over the next year, which I Really, really appreciate it. That's super awesome. Thanks, Catherine. And so for your pledge, what you get is a sexy, awkward shout-out for me, and you get the show one day early. So if you're listening on the Patreon feed, you will get the show one day early. So, Catherine, your pun is Catherine Pelican. I hope you're as cool as a pelican. Thank you for your pledge. If you want to pledge to the show at $1 a month, $5 a month, or any amount for the year, you can go to patreon.com slash disabilityafterdark. Thank you so much for your pledge, and now, really, truly, on to the show. On the episode today, I sit down with somebody that I am really, really excited to get to know, and I love, I, I just loved this episode so much, I love sitting down with people where they feel safe enough on my platform to to come out about their disabilities. And I love having episodes where people want to share um, their coming out experiences of being disabled. And I got that today in spades. And I cannot wait to tell you about my guest today. My guest today is my new friend, Dan Garlington, who is the production assistant and friend of the friends of the pods. You've heard the podcast the Gayish Podcast. You've heard me interview Mike and Kyle from the Gayish Podcast, and you've heard me on their podcast talking about disability stuff. So I asked Dan the last time we did 
a show on the Gage Podcast. We all did a Zoom, and I could see Dan there, but we never really talked because I was focusing on my job as a guest. And so I put a call out a few weeks ago, and Dan reached out to me and said, I saw your call out for guests, and I wanted to come on, but I didn't think that I was disabled enough, and I wasn't sure, so I dismissed your call out because I was like, I don't count here. Why would he want to talk to me? Do I have anything important to say? And he's like, and then I thought about it some more, and I realized that I was disabled and I want to talk to you. So in this podcast, Dan comes out as disabled, and it was a really powerful moment. Um, we have a bunch of laughs about queerness and disability and how his how his disabilities, his triumvirate of disabilities, as he calls them, plays into his queerness, his um, job, his job on gayish, so many things, his sexuality, so many things are talked about here. It was a really important podcast episode talking about chronic pain, hard of hearing, deafness, migraines, so many things go on here. And I, I of course, flirted with Dan for the whole hour, and he flirted back. We had such a fun time. Um, I really loved sitting down with him. It was really, really important for us to do that, and I'm really, really proud of him for being so vulnerable with me and sharing that story, and I can't wait for you to hear it. So, without further ado, here is my episode of Disability After Dark with my new friend, Dan Garlington, as he comes out about being disabled, right now on Disability After Dark. I've got a version, I've got an Audacity recording running on my side just so that there's a backup of my audio, at least to just in case you need it or something. Oh my God, you're my hero. Thank you so much <laughs> for understanding the trials and tribulations of audio, but we're, it's working now. It's good. We're going. It's Yay. going. Yay. So Dan Garlington, hello. Hello, Drew. Thanks for having me on the show. I am so happy to have you on the show. You are a friend of the pod. You're a friend of a friend of the pod because you are the... <laughs> technical producer for the gauge podcast production assistant is what they what they've decided to call me okay all right i'm done with that i'm done with that and <laughs> it doesn't quite encompass everything i do but it's close yeah you and i one that you well all of us saw you the last time i was on the gauge podcast i i had not seen you before so i i, I was being interviewed by kyle and and um mike and i was having such a crush on you the whole time. I was like, oh, I have to pay attention to the questions, but I want to flirt with this person over here. Can't do it. So this is my like shameless way of being like, come on my show so I can flirt with you shamelessly. And you did not disappoint because you came on the show today wearing a shirt that says, come in me, bro, which feels so apropos for the podcast you work on and for who you are as a person. <laughs> I, I thought I would dress up for you or dress down as it were I mean I appreciate that you could just come on naked and I get that'd be fine too, but it's, all, <laughs> it's all good um for anybody who doesn't know who you are and doesn't know why you're here can you introduce yourself to the audience and tell us a little bit about yourself yeah yeah uh so uh I work as as you said I work on a podcast called gayish that explores gay stereotypes um I do some on-air stuff for them I I interrupt and correct them when they say bullshit that's not true um that's kind of how I got the job uh I also lead some segments on there but um me myself uh I use he him pronouns I'm 46 I'm tattooed I'm pierced I'm polyamorous 
I'm as one of those cis white gays, but hopefully not a basic cis white gay. I mean, uh, I mean, <laughs> you sort of did just lay, you did sort of did just lay out the basic gay starter back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm also a Scorpio or a double Scorpio technically, uh, if that makes it any worse. And then uh, what else? And I, I, I am. This might be the first time I'm saying these words out loud. I'm disabled. Oh, yay. Well, that makes me <laughs> excited because we're going to get into all that stuff because I I know that when you reach out to me and I reach out to you like forever ago to come on the show, but I I, I selfishly reached out to you because I was like, he's hot. I just want to talk to him for an hour or whatever time, but it's fine. And then, you really, and then you came back to me and said, you know, I've been thinking about your questionnaire and I've been thinking about stuff and I actually have some stuff around my experience with disability that I want to share with you. And I was like, that's cool. Like it was really, I remember getting that email being like, wow, somebody like took the time to think about my dinky questionnaire, which is really just my way of like roping cool people into my show and be like, <laughs> and be like, I want to come on and talk about real stuff. So I appreciate that. So my next question is, is so, well, you just said it, but I'll, I'll ask it anyway. Are you, are you, and also before I, before I get into my question, I want to just make a pun about your name because <laughs> pun off the air and I think it's really funny. Your, your name is Dan Garlington and I feel like because you're wearing a shirt that says, come in me, bro, it's appropriate for me to tell you that your last name could also be Dan Garlington, which <laughs> feels really appropriate as we're both gay men who like to suck dick so i feel like Indeed. i just wanted to share that with you <laughs> i'm sure all my partners are gonna get a kick out of hearing that uh and i will probably not hear the end of it <laughs> i mean you i might have to make the the episode like gargling with garlington <laughs> garlington i don't know yet we'll figure it out, we'll figure um, it out. <laughs> but, but i just feel like you should use that more yeah um so you kind of you kind of alluded to the fact that you're disabled and I want to first of all say thanks so much for feeling vulnerable enough to to say those words it's not an easy journey to get there yeah. so kind of let's start there are you you just kind of said it but what kind of made you feel the need to or the want or the desire to like say the words I'm disabled yeah um it started very well it it's something happened very recently that sort of sparked this realization in me. And um, I've been applying for jobs and a lot of job applications online have like a whole often uh, non-mandatory, like a, like if you want to, you can specify like your gender and your race and your ethnicity and whether you're disabled or not. And every time it, every time I got to one of those and asked me whether I was disabled, I would be like, I, I, I don't know by what criteria, like, Am, am I disabled enough? Like, and, and often I would just say no, because I felt like I wasn't disabled enough. And then finally, about two weeks ago, maybe I had one that actually specifically said, these are some of the conditions that you might have that would count as a disability. And it's a deaf, hard of hearing. And that's, that's, I'm like, okay, I guess, I guess it's a yes from now on. Like, uh, that's a big, first of all, that never happens. We never... As somebody who has applied for a shit ton of jobs in my time, you you see, are you disabled? You click yes, but you'd never see, are you disabled under these like multiple criteria? And so yeah. the fact that you saw that, first of all, that's like finding a unicorn in a fucking haystack that never <laughs> happens. And then also like the fact that that spurred you on to think about your identity. Like what what was that moment like for you? Uh, it was it was it was like right around the time I then like 
I had seen your your ask for guests, and then I'd sort of dismissed it because I'm like, I'm not disabled enough to be on Andrew, on Drew's show. Um, and then that that sort of was like, okay, yeah. And then it made me think of like, oh, it's not just I'm not just hard of hearing. I have these other things going on that also qualify me probably as disabled. So the combination, the like intersection of three not disabled enough disabilities maybe adds up to me being disabled. Um, and can you kind of, first of all, you're hot enough to be on my show anytime regardless of disability. You are hot enough to be on the show. Secondly, um, can you, I'm going to flirt with you the whole time. So prepare yourself. Yeah. Uh, I've been um, girding my loins. Yeah, good. Or, I mean, you can let me gird them. That's also my job. Uh, but if you could just tell the audience, like, what are your disabilities or what do you think your disabilities are and right. how do they play a role in your everyday life? Yeah. Uh, so the, the, the biggest one I've technically had, some, it's congenital, so I've had it my whole life. I just didn't know until much later. So the first one I knew about, um, I started getting occasional migraines in high school um, and then when I was 28, um, it, which was 2003, I think, um, I was nude modeling for a friend outside in a rainstorm and uh, laid down in a puddle for a shot. And it felt like someone took a two by four and hit me in the back of the skull. And then that throbbing pain didn't stop for weeks. Hot. And wow. uh, that... despite corticosteroids and like all sorts of things to try and get it under control, opiates, of course. Um, yeah. There's Putting so it into many... the photo shoot. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's so many parts of that story that I'd like to uncover. First of all, you were nude modeling for a friend, like you were actually, you were like legitimately nude modeling, or is that like, is that like the, the gay lingo where we say like, I was nude modeling slash code where we got naked, we're going to fuck one time. Like, No, uh, the, the, the photographer and I were, were not, I, I don't think we were each other's types. I'm not sure. Uh, but no, it was, it was legit modeling. Uh, I was like in South Seattle in this like industrial part of town between these two dilapidated warehouses. And I, I had on an outfit, but then I was like, it was coming off slowly until I was yeah completely naked and just water pouring. It, there's water pouring off one of the buildings on top of me, like a waterfall. Um, and it was ice cold cause it was just rainwater in October in Seattle. And, uh, and it turned out that was not good to sort of freeze the occipital and neck part of my head. Um, uh, it just exacerbated some stuff that had already been building up under the surface. I mean, that's a really tough, that's a really like hard moment to realize that to have disability rear its head when yeah. you're trying to be sexy and you're trying to, <laughs> yeah. and like at this point, you don't know what it is and you don't know, like you yeah. haven't claimed that it's a disability and it's not yeah. something that you're like ready to focus on. And also because we're, queer men who are like you know really focused on our bodies and i do it too and so like you probably weren't thinking of like oh i want to have a headache right now no i'm trying to be sexy and i'm trying to do the gay sex pose and i'm trying to do all the things that i'm supposed to do right now to make this picture hot but i can't yeah. because my body is fucking up so like do you remember the what you felt like internally in that moment were you just annoyed it was the pain was so overwhelming i was like Gabriel had to kind of help me to his car and like get me home. And then it was like when, when you have a sudden onset of something like that, that's so debilitating. Like I couldn't move, really move without, I, well, I couldn't do it. It was constant pain at the time. It got better to be like, if I moved, I had pain. And then it, like over, over many years, it's gotten better and mostly under control. But um, 
I didn't know if it was going to stop. I didn't know when it was going to stop or if, or what I needed to do to make it stop. So like the idea that like, is this my new normal sort of like hits you and like, I, I can't function like that. There, you know, it led to like feelings of, you know, suicidal ideation and stuff because when it was really, really bad and it had been bad for weeks and weeks. And um, so yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Very overwhelming moment for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I, my disabilities are different, so it's never, they've never led me down the path of suicidal ideation, but I know people that I've spoke to on this show have said, you know, my disabilities at one point were so frustrating and I hated them so much and I, I couldn't deal with it that I did think about ending my life. And so I just want to say, we're going to pull over the car and say huge fucking trigger warning for that for anybody, <laughs> yeah. anybody listening. And Sorry. also for you, like, for you like and don't be sorry it's totally fine i'm just gonna i have to make sure that when i edit it i say the i say like trigger warning is for here uh, <laughs> but also like i appreciate that you're still here and that you fought through the pain and you're here and i think yeah. i think one of the things that's really valuable in that is you saying like saying right off the bat of the show that you're disabled and and being able now to reach a point where like that's still like how did that feel coming out of your mouth when you said that just now did that feel like weird a little, yeah. I don't know if it was the peanut butter sandwich I ate right before we started recording or just like, like it like caught a little bit. Like, do I say it right off the bat? Do I need to like ease into it? Do I need? Well, I'm not going to pretend like it doesn't, it doesn't make me smile that something of mine got caught in your throat. Uh, <laughs> I'm okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's the first of my, my triumvirate of uh, disabilities. The second, um, the one that's congenital is uh, I have bilateral otos otosclerosis. Um, so it's hearing loss on both sides. That's a bilateral part. Um, and uh, that's as bi as I get. Um, and then um, what it is is the like the three little bones uh, in the inner ear uh, which are called the hammer, the anvil, and the stirrup, which someone once commented sounded like leather bars. Uh, I mean, it really does. <laughs> yeah, any one of those could very you easily should be totally, a leather bar. We should totally make an accessible leather bar called... called we should, the ha we hammer, that, anvil, and stirrup. I love yeah, that. Can we, yeah, can we see that? All the staff, no ASL, yeah, ramps I everywhere. <laughs> I am so there for that. Let's figure it out. <laughs> All right. I love it. So, so those bones, what's, 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 uh, what's been going on since I was a kid, but like it exists, it, it, it reached a point where I started noticing in my thirties, uh, those bones are, are calcifying together. So the vibrations that hit my eardrum are kind of getting lost before they make it to the, the cochlea and the cochlear nerve. So I, my hearing was just kind of going down, going down, going down particularly in certain decibel ranges. And I didn't notice it. I just kept turning the TV up louder and louder. And then when I maxed out the TV, I asked my uh, my partner at the time, like, is it, is, are the speakers on the, do we need to get a new TV? He's like, no, it's really loud. <laughs> I'm like what? I can barely hear it. So that, uh, that sent me to go get a hearing test and, and revealed all this. And then and number, th oh yeah, go ahead. Oh no, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead, finish the triumvirate. The, the third uh, is uh, by my own devices. I was building a fence and was trying to yank some roots out of the ground and doing what they tell you not to do and bent over and yanking and uh, slipped two discs, got that kind of under control and then got rear-ended and it's never been under control since despite, oh, I mean, no. more so, yeah. so. 
yeah it's not constant pain anymore and i can but it, it limits it limits what i can do that's for sure so i'm a little bit disappointed that as a queer man you didn't know what would happen when you got bent over and <laughs> you had you were yanking things i feel like i know you, did, it felt so natural at the time and then <laughs> suddenly i couldn't unbend <laughs> I mean, sorry, my life. I'm the most least flexible, flexible queer person you've ever met in your life. I can't, I cannot move at all. So I get it. I understand like, and I understand I'm having trouble with my hips right now. My hips are hurting me a lot. So like, I understand the weird muscly pain that happens. That yeah. You're like, I can't describe this, but it hurts like a bitch and it'll go yeah. in a second. But like, yeah, so I totally get, I get the, the like, it's not there forever, but when it is there, your whole world has to stop. Yeah. 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 Driving is really, is that, that, that one of the, the triumvirate uh, driving is difficult because it's the, it's, it affects my right side the most. And so if I drive for more than about 15 minutes, just using that, using that right foot and that pressure off and on, off and on, off and on, it triggers it really badly. So I end up like not feeling great and having to kind of lay around the rest of the day. Fun. Well, I mean, yeah. if you need if you need somebody to lay around with, just, <laughs> let me know. We'll figure it out. Just have to get to Toronto somehow. Yeah. Yeah. Or I'll help you to Seattle, and we'll just it'll be it's fine. Perfect. Um. Uh. So, how, like, other than kind of what you've described, how would you say that these disabilities play a role in your day to day? Like. Yeah, uh, I wake up pretty much every day, and the first thing on my mind is like, how much pain am I in right now? Um, I, I often wake up with some amount of a headache and kind of have to assess like, is this just because I haven't had coffee yet? Or is this the start of a migraine? Or, uh, you know, how's my how is my back and leg? Um, and sort of that can then adjust my day. I was actually supposed to go in to see my audiologist and my uh, and a surgeon to talk about my my ears and woke up that day with a migraine and couldn't leave the bed. So like they, they, they fight against each, you know, what I can do for the other ones even, but yeah. Um, and I mean, I'm sure that's really frustrating when you're like, I gotta get, I want to get this one thing looked at, but Oh no, my body's saying I'm in pain now. So I can't do it. Yeah. Like, yeah. And like, I think probably like a lot of people with multiple disabilities, multiple conditions, um, I take pills for basically all of them. There's pills I should be taking probably to slow my hearing loss, but they would conflate with a pill that I take to keep my migraines under control. And they would make me so dizzy. I probably would fall down every time I try to stand up. Um, so like I have to make decisions about which, which condition I want to is, is most important to treat. And I'm sure I'm not alone in that. Yeah. There are so many people with disabilities with multiple disabilities. who are like, well, if I take one thing, it's going to fuck up this thing. And I have to choose like, which thing I want to deal with today. And it's like, I not at all on the same scale, but with my hip pain, like I have IBS and, and tummy problems constantly. Yeah. So like if I want to take a painkiller for my, my, my hip, I have to be like, Oh, well that caused me to have constipation for the next four days. Like, <laughs> right. and I have to decide, do I want to be constipated for four days or do I want to have hip pain forever? So it's, it, yeah, yeah. The game of like, which one is worse is never fun. Yeah, yeah, the roulette wheel of pills. Yeah, I mean, and you know, you know, there we would wish that the pills would, you know, would just. I wish there was one pill that would fix everything, but there isn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
um, be a hard pill. It would have to be so big. <laughs> I mean, again, I'm sure we're both used to that. So that's not, nah, I'm okay with that. Maybe in a suppository form, I'd be okay with it. Just put it in someone's jizz and I'll figure it'll go right down my throat. It's, it, it's totally go. fine. Just put it in some, some huge thick dick guy's cum and I'll just swallow it right. Down. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Um, that's how they should serve pills to all gay men. They would take yeah. it like a champ champions. Indeed. Um, so aside from me wanting to flirt with you for the next hour, I'll get <laughs> on to my to the proper questions. So so through this kind of the beginning of this interview, you've kind of like you kind of just laid out the fact that you're disabled, which is a huge, a huge step. So again, I want to congratulate you on being there because it's not easy to to claim that it's really not easy to say those words when you haven't really experienced it before and haven't really felt comfy saying that, but I'm wondering, and I'd love to explore with you kind of why you felt like you weren't disabled enough and what that means for you. Because again, you're not the only disabled person that's come to me on this show and said like, I don't know if I've, I don't know if I'm allowed to claim this. So like, why does it feel, why does it feel uncomfortable to you to claim the word disability? Yeah. um, I think some of it may be, comes from like this preconceived concept of like when I hear the word disabled like the images that are in my head or like the degree of disability like that the examples that that I think of are are more disabled than me um and all three of my disabilities are essentially invisible some of them are intermittent so some I have great days where like my my migraines are non-existent and my back pain is non-existent or, or minimal. And I can, you know, do, I can hike, I can do whatever I can like do things that otherwise would be painful. Um, the hearing is pretty much there all the time. That is the, 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 the uh, heart of hearingness. Heart of hearingness. Is that a word? I mean, um, no, but I like it. So <laughs> we'll just keep using it. It's fine. <laughs> uh, yeah. So like when I, like when I think of hearing disability, I think of deafness specifically and like to be hard of hearing just didn't feel like it, it, it met the, the criteria that I had arbitrarily created in my head. Like, and I'm curious because I wonder if it is, cause you said, you know, the visions you have of disabled people that are like more than you. Yeah. Is there a sense that like, and this is a, this is a totally like you can answer however you feel, but do you think that it's there was a small party that was like, oh, I have to be worse off to be considered disabled? Like I have to be, it has to be really bad for me yeah. to be considered disabled. Yeah, it's definitely like obviously disability what I'm realizing, disability is a spectrum, like fucking everything else. And um, and you know, I'm somewhere on that spectrum, um, and at not on the like completely able-bodied end of that spectrum. Uh but you know, friends I've had in the past that identified as disabled, like they were that you know they were more visibly and more. I think their lives were more impacted, or I perceived it as more impacted. Like one of my good friends growing up had cerebral palsy. Um, me too. Me too. So cool. Yeah, yeah. And hers was hers was she she used like a scooter to get around most of the time, but could walk. Uh, I remember. I think it was in we were in first grade together, I believe. And that's when she first got like a computer set up. This was the eighties. And like, there was like a special cover that made it so her fingers, like it would help control her fingers. They would go. Yeah, the typing. I I had all that too. Like the weird, like 
the very first i the very first like mac anything yeah 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 yeah, yeah, (laughs) i totally had it too yeah yeah so like i i think the examples of people that identified as disabled publicly were more more disabled than me that they like they their lives were I felt like their lives were more impacted or they, you know, they were, they had limb differences or mobility, more mobility issues than I have. And, and I think, I think I'm realizing like with a lot of things like being gay or being trans or, or, or having certain conditions or like, you know, contracting COVID even, I think it's like coming out is really, really powerful and yeah. like being not a, not an example per se, but like, just like being, public about it can actually help other people feel seen and and so I'm, I'm trying to sort of look at it that way a little bit I mean I think for you in the space you're in because you occupy place, like so many spaces of privilege in the best possible way you it's it's a real powerful moment where you can be in a space with a bunch of other like white seemingly able-bodied queer men and be like yo actually I have disabilities like so yeah. you can represent like that disabled community without having to you know without having it having to be this big giant thing and you can be like my disabilities are not seen but i'm here yeah 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 very true i can as, as you're saying that i could think of moments at bars at sex clubs at wherever where i like my hidden disability suddenly became an issue for someone and had to be explained and and it, they were always like oh okay well let me let me adjust for that and so, were there any were there any moments when it had to be explained that didn't go super great, or was, have most people been like, "Whatever, cool"? Um, yeah, I think most people are pretty cool with it. Some some do better at like remembering and adjusting than others. Um, I don't think I've ever had any very like extremely negative uh, with my my being hard of hearing. Um, migraines, you definitely people with migraineurs, as we're called. Uh, <laughs> It's very fancy in French. It's very uh, like it's super gay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, when I learned that word, I was like, "Oh my god, I love that!" Uh, but uh, they they often face disbelief because you people can't see the pain. They can't see what's causing the pain. Um, migraines are like the word migraine gets used colloquially a lot by people like, oh, you're giving me a migraine. Stop, you're gonna give me a migraine. I'm like, no, no, they're not. That's not gonna give you a migraine. Like a migraine is a debilitating <laughs> condition. Like, yeah. uh, and and so I think, I think I've struggled with people not believing that I was actually in pain or that I actually needed to stay home. I've had, I've, I've had resistance to requests in the workplace in the past of like, I can't be under fluorescent lights all day. Can you put me near a window? Like it sounds like I'm just trying to get like a corner office. And that's, it's really not like you can put me in a dark hole or put me up a window and I'll be happier in either one. Like I, I mean, hang on, let me just picture that. that, (laughs) I said hole, didn't I? Let me just picture that first part. My brain went to a whole other place, a whole other place, (laughs) H O L E whole other place. Uh Um, But no, I think, you know, those, I think those requests. And when I worked in an office, like I had to beg them for the most basic of schedule changes i had to like plead with them and now i was a shitty employee who never went to work and hated my job but <laughs> when it came to like accessibility i had to just really get them to see and now the like the irony is in covid times like 
everybody's working up from home and it's not a problem. So yeah, look how well everyone's doing it. Hmm. All those times I got in trouble for working from home too many consecutive days and having to go into work in pain and like prove to them that like I can't function in the office. Like fuck those guys. Yeah, like dude, like fucking hell. Um, <laughs> um so so now that you've kind of claimed disability. Yeah. And you kind of said the words like publicly, like, yes. Yeah. So for again, <laughs> congratulations. And if I was closer to you, I'd say, let's go for coffee and talk it out in a dark place where we can do things that are inappropriate. Um, but, <laughs> but now that you've claimed it, like, what is, how, like, what do you think, what did you think claiming like I'm disabled would mean for you? Like, go. Oh. Well, I get to check that box on those application questionnaires. Uh, I don't know where that data goes or what happens with it or, uh, I definitely feel more empowered. I think the biggest thing is I will feel a little, little bit more empowered to ask for what I need. Um, after I, 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 I left a very long relationship uh, a few years ago and re- you know, a lot of self-introspection made me realize that one of my biggest issues is I'm not very good at asking for what I need. And uh, I've been really welcome to being disabled. You have to do that every day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, submissive and disabled. Like, can I? Can I please have? No, no, never mind, never mind. Whatever you want. Uh, so I think I'm gonna feel like the combination of that growth, personal growth, everywhere in my life, and like claiming, like claiming this identity a little bit uh, more clearly. I hope that lets me ask for what I need. Uh, in term from partners, from friends, from and employers in particular, which is like, you know, when it's this monolithic entity and you don't know who's gonna end up with it and whether they're gonna believe that you really like what documentation do you have that you're in pain. Uh hopefully, hopefully I can stand up for myself a little bit more. I mean, is that an ableist thing to say, stand up for myself? God. No, no, <laughs> no, it isn't because, because you can actually stand, so it's not ableist at all. And also, I'm, I'm all about weird disability humor, so awesome. go for it. It's fun. <laughs> um, uh, I did have a question about one of the things you mentioned in the questionnaire that I kind of was drawn to today when I was making the questions. You mentioned that sometimes your disabilities can or have created a tension in the relationships with people. Can you speak yeah. more on that and kind of share like what kind of tension you mean and how that manifests? Yeah. Um, uh, it, it happens both with like intimate partners as well as friends and, and people I work with. Um, uh, I will like working on Gish. Um, it's, it's a podcast. You better not be telling me that Kyle is fucking enabless because I'll come down <laughs> and beat it. I'll beat his fucking ass. <laughs> I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna call anybody ableist. What I will say is that people, hearing people, you know, as able-bodied people, like they they don't always remember, and they don't they don't like, especially with a hidden disability, they might not remember that you have that you're that you have hearing loss or that you're hard of hearing, and so like, an, it's an audio format. And like, I've been asked, do you want to like help with editing more? I'm like, I probably can't help with editing because I can't hear, like I get in trouble for clicking my mouse sometimes or clicking a keyboard and it's because I don't hear it. So to me, it's not a noise, so it's fine. And like Kyle Getz and Mike Johnson, I'm going to call you out of my fucking show because I'm the boss here. Don't make you don't make your poor production tech feel like he's you guys suck. No, no, no. We're all, all three of us are, are guilty of doing it. Um, I just literally can't hear it. 
Um, there's times when we were like all sitting there and we get the board set up and we get everything set up. And then Mike and Kyle will be like, can you hear that? Oh my God, what is that noise? And I'm like, nope, nope, can't hear it. Can't hear anything, <laughs> like no idea. Uh, and like in in like some of my like friendships and, and intimate relationships, it can be an issue because I will, especially out and about like at a bar or in a long conversation, I won't hear every word. Sometimes I'm like piecing together sentences with context clues and like, I, you know, I will, so I will misunderstand what someone said. And then that will like, I will completely misinterpret and the conversation will like go haywire. And uh, so I've had to learn to be a little bit more like to say back things to people. Like, this is what I've heard you say. Like, is that right? slows things down a little bit but i'm but now you can say hey hot guy at the bar that i'm flirting with i have disabilities can you try that again like, <laughs> and then it's like and the, but that way the onus is not on you to have to be like uh excuse me you can put like right off the bat like hey i have like you should get a shirt that's, that says like come in me i have disabilities bro it's like <laughs> like can we like can that be a shirt that you that you wear I, uh, I make most of the shirt designs for gayish so i'm gonna now i'm gonna have to like try and think of something uh something appropriately uh yeah appropriate me, for me yeah let me know if we can make that we can like do a joint merch thing because that be, that'd be, that'd be, that'd be, yeah. really, that'd be fun that would be yeah um so so like yeah, I just think you being more upfront about the disability and all those spaces at the beginning now will also ease the tension for you. Because even if the other person has an issue with it, you've laid out what your needs are and like, fuck them. If they can't deal with it, then like, too bad. You laid out what your needs are. Yeah. Um, yeah. You also mentioned that your disabilities make it difficult for you to enjoy certain activities. Oh, what, yeah. Like if you could, if you could like, do all the things you want to do what are they and i hope some of them are dirty uh, and let's explore <laughs> some ways to make them accessible yeah um so like for my mig my migraines like common triggers are bright lights for me and I, I i do some work or have done some work in theater and i uh my my daddy works in theater and like going to shows is amazing and like my first sort of date with him was actually to go see i uh a production of uh, Hunchback of Notre Dame where the lead performer was deaf and like parts of the show were were all in like it was it was this very interesting mix of like spoken word and ASL and other and, and music and things um, and it was beautiful but we where we were seated I kept getting hit with spots like the enough of the like light from spots from the back of the theater that i developed a migraine during the show and that's oh no that's, that's happened to me repeatedly in theater settings because you know you're in a it's like dark except for very bright lights and you're having to stare at the brightness and um ring lights sometimes trigger me ironically even though i use i cam constantly uh <laughs> But um, where are you coming and how do I get it? How do I, how, where do I sign up? <laughs> uh, I'm usually on bait world. Uh, and I'm uh dirty scout is my, my username on that. And then I'm sometimes on dudes nude. Let but... me write that down. I'm just going to make an, a mental note of where to go. <laughs> All right. It's, it's in there. I'll, uh... All right. <laughs> so, um, yeah. And then like, I would love to edit the podcast. I would love to learn more about that, but I just, I realistically, I don't think I can given, given the level my hearing is currently. Um, and then another big one, like my, 
one of my other boyfriends uh, is a big metalhead. And one of the things we love to do together pre-COVID was go to shows and go to like big concerts. And there's just like this, like if I stand too long on a hard surface, then my back pain starts going on. If I uh, wear my hearing aids, then I'm like, they're getting blown out by the music. So I have to take out my hearing aids so that I can't hear anybody else except for the music. Um, sometimes there's this thing where, and it's, it's only happened since I got surgery on one of my ears where uh, I think it's moisture builds up in there because my ears are plugged with hearing aids all the time. A little <laughs> bit of moisture builds up and then that gets like too close, I think, to the hear, uh, to the eardrum. And basically it sounds like if someone took a piece of paper and just like shoved it inside my ear and just crunched it a whole bunch and it won't oh, stop. No. And so um, so sometimes it's, it's like difficult to enjoy those spaces with him. Um, even though it's something that like we've we that's been a like thing in our relationship for a long time what kind of hearing aids do you have um oh oh because the only the only image that i that i have of hearing aids is like oh they're cool and like they're so okay yeah, yeah they're yeah. sexy now because because back when I, like i had friends that were that were hard of hearing and deaf when i was a kid and they had the ones that go like over your ear and then yeah. I mean, so bigger than your ear practically yeah yeah, yeah. basically your whole ear is is that yeah. um not to nerd myself but you kind of look like a ferengi wearing those um, <laughs> yeah. And, yeah and so that's what i thought you were going to show me but no they're cool and sleek now it's so, all right so like yeah, yeah so, these are actually the I, the first ones when i got when i got these ones the first ones they fitted me with were even smaller that you basically they fit inside the ear canal and um, you couldn't really see them at all. You, people say they can't see these ones because they're black and they just look like a shadow. But those ones were so far in and that's just the shape of my ear canal. It turned out if I hugged someone, they just like moved inwards a little bit and like became painful. So I had to like then go through a period of no hearing aids to get new hearing aids and all that. But these ones, these ones were pretty good. So let's review the things that you want to do and let's see if we can make them accessible. But let me like oh, yeah. use my disability brain and see yeah. if there are ways we can make them accessible. So the first thing you want to be able to do is go to the theater um, with your one of your with your daddy, right? Yeah. So yeah. you 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 might be able to say to the theater before you go, like, do you have any relaxed performances? And if you don't know what relaxed performances are, you might because you're part of a theater I don't bus. actually that's oh, all right all right yeah. so a relaxed performance is and they don't they don't happen as widely as they should but it's when a theater company will say we want to cater to the disabled community right now or people with chronic illnesses so we're going to make sure the house lights aren't down all the way we're going to make sure that the sounds aren't as loud for people with like spasms and like and like jump scare things are not, are not yeah. as intense we're going to do a talk back after the show talking about like the accessibility we did for all this stuff and so you might ask the theater do you have any versions or do you have any like performances of this play that are relaxed nice. because i have x and i need it and, and see and also you can you can see if you start using the word disabled they might give you like discounts sometimes they have <laughs> discounts for disabled folks and so like fucking take the free shit that will definitely trigger my imposter syndrome about like getting getting a discount for being disabled no take like... the free shit and like also <laughs> then you can say like sometimes they let your partner in for free too if you like you might uh, not 
this far this far down the like free shit road but you could say like <laughs> oh he this my this guy who's my daddy is actually my caregiver and so like can he get in for free and they might do it for you it happens sometimes <laughs> so like i say milk that shit for all it's worth because why not like i appreciate that permission do it do it when we go on a date because it's happening i've just decided when 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 that occurs i'm gonna i'm gonna make you do it for me and then it'll be fun there we go yeah i could see it from the other side yeah 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 nice. um and so okay so the next thing you want to do is the gayish podcast uh, and you want to do some editing for them and we can i'm just trying to think how we can make that more accessible for you like basically just telling telling michael kyle to not worry about the clicks and be like just deal with it because he has disabilities fuck you <laughs> well we've we've been talking about me starting my own podcast i had had an idea and people it seems to resonate with people um so that might be my opportunity to like without without my disability impacting their sound quality it can just impact my show's sound quality and fuck it like this is me this is this like if you hear things i don't hear then good for you well i would also and i love mike and kyle and and they're great and mike and kyle if you're listening i love you but it would be it might be it might be valuable for all three of you to sit down again and have a conversation just about about accessibility for you for them also as the the host of the show to understand that one of their own now like I've been on the show twice they've been on my show a bunch like they know a little bit about disability they've also had what's his name you know that guy in Seattle that writes for Queerty who was on the show oh, yeah um uh, yeah I know who you're talking about yeah he, he's like the only guest host we've ever had yeah, yeah yeah um he was on it so like they know a little bit but it might be wise and if you need somebody to like mediate that with you in a, in a gentle fun way and just like hey let's yeah. have a discussion to find ways to make it more accessible for you so you can you know yeah. provide those deliverables for them but also do it and I, I, I again mike and kyle if you haven't if anyone listening hasn't listened to gage it's a great podcast it's amazing it's like award-winning it's great but i think they and again i love them both but they come from a place of a different place of privilege so it might be wise to sit down with them and just gently be like let's talk about this yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it could, could be good for all three of us because, like, uh, beyond my physical disabilities, they like the three of us have, uh, like, uh, psychiatric disabilities. I don't know the exact right term for it. Like, there's some debilitating depression and attention deficit and things that, and body dysmorphia and all sorts of things that we've, yeah, we've so all yeah. three explored on the show before, but like, never really like sat down and talked about like, how do we, how are we, how do I make sure I'm not, triggering that how am I, how do i make sure that i'm there for you when you need me or not when you don't or whatever yeah well i've been trying to find reasons to come back on the show and so quite there seriously that might be like a way to do that if you want to put that little bug in their ear and just say hey i spoke to drew and he's willing to like help with this that yeah. might make for an actually really powerful episode on both of our platforms and also for whatever like whatever your podcast idea is i just started a disability podcast network um called wheels on the ground productions where this wonderful show's house so if you're looking for a place to put it uh, let me know i think mike and kyle might fight you for it but <laughs> i mean i'm cuter so i'll win but <laughs> i understand i understand <laughs> um and then the metalhead thing with your like metalhead boyfriend. boyfriend yeah um i 
I don't really, I don't really know the etiquette about going to like metal shows and being like, excuse me, I have disabilities, but like maybe you could try it similarly to like the theater thing, going to like the managers at the beginning, being like, hey, I have disabilities. Is there a quieter spot I can go? Is there like not so you lose out on the performance, but so that you don't, it doesn't like destroy your ears. Yeah. Um, there may be like a lot of people. I mean, a lot of the shows we go to are so loud. Everyone's wearing earplugs anyway. And it might be that if I explore like nicer earplugs than the like cheap foam ones they sell at the, at, you know, with the t-shirts at the door, uh, there might be something that'll work better for my ears. And then I can enjoy one of the things I enjoy, enjoy about metal and about some like louder, uh, bassier music is that I feel it in my like sternum and like i feel like I, I love it when i can feel the vibration of music in my body because i get more of it i can like feel more of the music um and and enjoy more of the music so you know that's maybe... like totally a disability thing hey so <laughs> like check yeah. i just yeah i just got a box checked yeah you totally did it's that's totally <laughs> like i've heard so many disabled people with with hard of hearing and deafness tell me that like while they may not be able to hear things 100% the vibrations are a whole other experience which I'm a little bit jealous of quite frankly because I want to know what that feels like I don't know what that feels like at all like, can you <laughs> describe like what that feels like when you feel it oh wow um I remember it's been a thing for me even before I was aware of my of my uh, of my otosclerosis and that before it was before I knew it was impacting my hearing at all um I remember going to there was a, a band called Chikung um, that was this like noise band, like super political noise band. And it was a lot of like, I don't know how many people they had that would be classified as drummers, but it was a lot. It was just like so much percussion and like so much loud and a lot of banging on metal and like all sorts of craziness. And I remember that those shows and a band called Sky Cries Mary that was like much more like ethereal, but still somehow the the decibel ranges or the pitch or what, I don't know anything about sound, ironically, but um, <laughs> work on a I'm, podcast, yeah. hard of hearing, don't understand yeah, the basics like, of sound. What? I have so many questions, <laughs> but all right, good. Uh, but like, I remember those shows. I would like, I, I would just close my eyes and just feel the vibration often in my sternum, really. Like for some reason, my sternum and my like torso was where I felt a lot of it. And like, I, I hadn't experienced that in a long time until I started going to, I went and saw, um, I think it was a band called Bell Witch uh, with, with, with a metalhead boyfriend. And um, just like, remember just closing my eyes, holding hands with him and just like feeling the music hit me. And I was like, oh, I've missed this sensation. Um, and I had a, uh, uh, I got, my polycule is very confusing, but um, my big bros <laughs> pup, who's a human, uh, but doesn't necessarily identify as such, but uh, identi uh, assigned human at birth. Can we just call that a thing? Yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, so uh, so he, uh, it was late one night, big bro and his boyfriend had gone to bed. We were down in the living room, it was dark, it was quiet. They have these huge panel speakers in the room and he turned on some music, but then he like sat I think behind me or sat in front of me and wrapped his arms around me and then just tapped, tapped parts of the music onto Aww. my skin. And so I like, and, and what I was realizing is there was, he was tapping at times when I was hearing no, I wasn't hearing that beat or that instrument. Um, so he let me experience like a wider range of that music than I was my, than my body allows me to. 
my heart just broke and I got hard at the same time. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how to quantify I'm sure those. jerked off afterwards. That, yeah. <laughs> don't know how to quantify those feelings, but uh, <laughs> that's the sweetest thing I've ever heard. And why has no one made that into like a movie or a music video or like something <laughs> like that's amazing. And, and 10 points for him. Cause yeah, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's, he's yeah. He's pretty insightful. Yeah. But let's move into kind of your, how your disabilities play a role in your intimate moments in your life. Um, uh, and so the, my, my main question is, can you share with us how, 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 like when you're fucking like, so like the questions were, so like, what's fucking like with, he- with hearing loss? Um, yeah. And then how does it, how do they impact your life? And, and like, how do you, can you share any stories about that? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's a, it's been an interesting journey, like figuring out how, like, how it would impact as I left this long-term monogamous relationship and I have multiple partners and, and randos back in pre COVID days. Um, what were, what are those again? Pre COVID days, like what? COVID days, like, yeah. Well, what's like that the, again? Like I haven't had sex in almost a year. Like what? <laughs> <laughs> right. I know. Yeah. It's coming up on fuck a year now. Wow. Uh, wow. Yeah. My, my dick is constantly sad. Constantly, <laughs> constantly. I love it. <laughs> yeah um but uh so the, the hearing the being hard of hearing is in particular there's certain sexual spaces where it doesn't make sense for me to walk around with hearing aids in um and so i take them out like if i go to uh like a bathhouse or like a sauna specifically um or uh yeah really anywhere where there might be amounts of moisture or they might get like knocked out for some reason and then I, they're like lot they're black on a black floor in a dark space with weird yeah. lighting um so with i'm like often like effectively on the floor <laughs> yeah i don't really want to put that back it well yeah. yeah i should not claim that but uh but uh so like in sort of public spaces sex in public spaces um or public private spaces uh i'm often effectively deaf uh because on my left side i can't without a hearing aid, I can't really hear anything. Um, and on my right side, it's, it, it diminishes. Um, and so there was a great moment at, I went to Palm Springs for the first time with Big Bro and his boyfriend. And they had sort of, they were doing a very good job of like creating orgy moments everywhere we went. And we were outside the sauna at the hotel we were staying at. And I'm on my knees and just like surrounded by guys, um, like, you know, I'm sucking their dicks and they're jerking off on me and whatever. And the guy in front of me who I'm like focused on in the moment is like definitely like getting very verbal and I can hear that he's making sounds and I can hear, and it's really hot and it's like gruff and sexy and, you know, very like toxic masculinity and I'm all turned on. And, uh, but my, I, just, gotta... I just learned so much about you in that, in that, like, <laughs> what is the last 20 seconds? <laughs> but like his dicks in my mouth, which I can hear things in my mouth better than I can hear things outside of my head. Well, because of the vibrations, obviously. Yeah. 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 It's it, it, like a uh, interesting side note. I realized that I talked really quietly. My, like my voice got quieter and quieter as my hearing loss got uh, more and more extreme because I was adjusting my, vo- my, my own voice volume to match how the volume I heard other people at. 
And since I can hear my own voice volume really well in my head, the vibrational difference meant that I was like talking really quietly. And my big bro was the first one to like, he's like, okay, on a one to 10 scale, you're at a three, <laughs> a whisper is a one and like normal talking is a five. So like, you know, just be aware, like he helped me be aware of it. Um, Cause that's not something other people, other than asking me to repeat myself, which every server, every bartender, everywhere I ever asked for anything, every phone call I ever made, everyone had to tell me to speak up and I didn't get it until that. But um, in that moment in Palm Springs on my knees with a dick in my mouth, uh, this guy with this like hot daddy, like telling me apparently to do specific things and like telling me to say something back to him. He wanted and me to like, tell me, I, telling me the dirty slut or be like, tell me to fuck you harder, bitch yeah, or whatever. Which it is. I would yeah. have loved to have heard, but I didn't. So I just basically dick still in mouth turned and looked at big bro and pointed at my ear. And he then like turned to the guy and he's like, he's hard of hearing. He can't tell what words you're saying, but like, he's into it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, you know, I, I haven't met Big Bro yet, but I feel like I want to now because like <laughs> that, I mean, that's, those are moments when you're really glad you have somebody there that gets your shit and can yeah. like help you through that. Not through it. Like, I don't know. Again, I don't want to make the, I don't want to make the comparison that your Big Bro is like a savior and it's saving you from being disabled. And like, what I'm saying is like in those moments when someone else doesn't get it, it's really nice to have somebody who does get it there. Yeah. 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 He's, he's proven very, I mean, all my partners have, but like the moments definitely stand out with big bro where he's like, you know, he'll immediately turn on uh closed captioning. If we're watching something on his TV, like he claims he does it for himself, but like, if it's not already on, you're probably not doing it for yourself all the time, but I know he does it for me at least in part. Um, he was over. I recently. love closed captioning. It's my, I know I'm not, I'm not yeah. hard of hearing or deaf and I, think i love it so much yeah it's amazing uh yeah even if you can hear what the people are saying seeing what's written you catch jokes that like were like mumbled or murmured or like like even hearing people that i watched up with they're like oh my god i didn't realize that's what like a movie i've seen 10 times i didn't realize that's what they're saying right then or like there'll be a song and it's like kind of garbled and like you're like oh my god that's the words or or the fun thing is when the closed captioning doesn't match the uh the what, what the people saying? are actually saying often it's they've taken in some cases if it's a scripted show or a scripted movie they've taken the script and that's what they turned into closed captioning and if there was any ad-libbing and the director let it go then you get this like disconnect and that's really common and then there's shows that just do it really poorly like rupaul's drag race where last night uh I believe it, the word was supposed to be first, but it came through in the closed captioning as fist. So amazing. Amazing. I mean, maybe, <laughs> maybe the closed captioning is adjusting for me. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it wasn't a mistake. Maybe they were just, maybe they wanted you to see the fist. <laughs> I'm, I'm here for it. I'm here for that. Um, so, so other than being down on your knees and having your big bro help tell the fucking dude you're giving a hot blowjob to what you, that you can't hear, like, did that guy, did the guy that you were giving head to was he was he weird about it? Or was he like, okay, no big deal, whatever? No, he seemed he seemed he seemed like a little like you know apologetic, like as anybody who has privilege realizes that they were making an assumption, like and that that assumption wasn't true. Like often there's this like, oh god, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but like I'm like, yeah. nope, keep that dick hard, buddy. <laughs> 
the best apology you can make is to shoot that load down my throat. And we just found the tag for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> That's how to apologize when you misgender someone or if you like are ableist toward them without realizing it. Like just just give just them a load. Put that load down my throat and I'll, it'll be fine. <laughs> and you're not wrong. That is the best way to apologize. So take note, people listening. Yeah. The best way to apologize to somebody for being ableist is to give them a load. Yeah. TMTM. Yeah. TM from me <laughs> the flip side is like with my hearing loss um it's actually created some cool opportunities in a kink space that um i was listening to another episode of yours where you were asking uh uh oh man taylor was that their name taylor who had like recently a couple weeks ago yeah uh november it was like a november episode yeah yeah taylor taylor and they're, yeah. they're asking they're... like what their how their disability impacted their kink life and that I thought about a little bit and realized like, oh, when I, when I get into pup space, uh, particularly if I put a pup hood on, it's ideal if I don't have hearing aids in when I put a pup hood on, cause it can cause a little bit of feedback. Yeah. And so I become mostly deaf and then my ears are covered by something on top of that. And so my daddy who studied ASL in college, cause he wanted to be an interpreter back then, um, he has been like, teaching me ASL and one of the one of the circumstances where we focus on that is if I'm in pup space I'm allowed to sign but not allowed to use English um, like spoken English and so uh, that's that's been a cool opportunity to connect with him very specifically in a way that's like I can stay in pup space because I'm staying nonverbal um, and so that that and I can let let my I not have to worry at all about my my being hard of hearing. It doesn't impact the scene or the you know how hot it is. Um, and sometimes I can use I can use it as a like sort of sensory deprivation moment. Like I love a blindfold. It turns out it's kind of hot sometimes to like not hear Big Bro come in when I'm laying on the bed. You know, I, I'm here for that. I'm here for that. Yeah. I'm here for using your deafness as like a kink. Yeah. Yeah. Oh no, sorry, you're using your hard of hearingness. Yeah. Because you're not fully deaf. So I'm gonna retract that and say using your heart of <laughs> your hard of hearingness is a kink tool. I'm here for that. I'm here for that. Yeah. Um, um what's your pop name? Scout. I'm here for that. Yeah. When I, if ever you come to Toronto or ever I come there, <laughs> I'm gonna be saying that lots. Uh <laughs> Um, so one of the things that's totally not sexual that you mentioned in your question that I, I that I literally fell over laughing. My I, rant. Yeah, because I can't stand that. I like I read it this afternoon. And I like could not stop giggling when I read it. So I hate cyclists too because <laughs> I I hate them for the reasons of they'll do that. The well, okay. Before I go into my rant, you go into yours and then I'll join you. <laughs> so tell me why you you wrote down like you hate cyclists. And yeah, so, I was. This was part of my big brainstorm. You're like, give me as many bullet points as possible. I'm like, yeah. Well, I just, as I was just like spewing onto onto paper all these ideas, I'm like, oh yeah, fucking bicyclists coming up behind me, ringing their little fucking bell, or saying on your left, and assuming that a I can hear them, and b I know which side is my left, like. <laughs> That's ableist, ableist in two ways. Yeah, like I so still have ways. to look at my hands to know which one's left and right. And you know, make L's. Yeah. Like, yeah. And like uh, for me, for me, I hate them because they'll do that to me. 
Well, do that <laughs> like to you me. can get out of the way. And like, Come like on. I can't get, but it takes me a minute to get out of the way. Like it takes yeah. me, everything for me takes like another two seconds. So they expect to, by the time they ring the bell, that you're going to just zip out of the way. And it's like, no, that's going to, it's going to take me like a good minute and a half to comply with what you want me to do. So instead of being like, bing, bing, could you be like, could you maybe like stay in your own fucking lane and not <laughs> like stay off the goddamn sidewalk? Yeah. Like, could you just, could you Thanks. Uh, <laughs> Um, and it's not all cyclists. I should be clear. I have friends who are cyclists. I shouldn't you know, it's generalize. All, it's all, it's... <laughs> all right, I'll let you generalize, and I'll I will uh, I'll do the PC. Uh... It's no, it's every single one. They're all fucking ridiculous. If you're a cyclist, I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's the hill I'll die on. Uh, um, how do you think? You know, we can make it more accessible for cyclists who might see a disabled person in the day what can they do in your view to not be super ableist in that moment uh just stay off the goddamn sidewalks <laughs> i mean there i mean obviously there's other spaces like uh here in seattle we have this big lake called green lake and around green lake there is a big walking riding path and i think it's technically divided into like which side you should walk on and which side you should ride bicycles on but often both sides are just taken over by like suburban moms with strollers and so uh i, I think it, that that system has sort of fallen down fallen apart and so you get like you know you get bicyclists coming up behind you and ringing your bell but it's so scary because then all of a sudden i don't hear them and then once i'm aware of them they're like on top of me and like swerving around me um i mean i, I would definitely want somebody on top of me swerving around me for sure <laughs> like can somebody... i would love if bicyclists gave pedestrians the three feet of space that they expect from cars yeah i don't know that i can get that you know expect that out of people like i just wish that they would you know because for like I was saying, for me, when they ring their bell, they want me out of the way, and it takes me a minute to do that. And then when I don't do that, they're like, "You should have, you should move." And it's like, "Well, but I'm, I'm, I'm trying to." If you like, you're the one who saw me before you like saw me. You could have definitely rung your bell two minutes ago, and I would have figured it out. <laughs> Indeed, yeah, um, yeah. I don't know what the solution is there. Just don't Band be fucking, bicycles. Don't be a fucking cyclist. Is what the solution is. <laughs> don't be a cyclist. <laughs> don't be a cyclist uh one of the things you mentioned in your question that i want to talk well, that i really want to touch on because i think it's important and super ableist is that it's in fact cheaper to get surgery um on your ears to fix your hard of hearingness it's cheaper to have surgery with insurance than it is to have hearing aids which seems when i read that i was like that doesn't feel right yeah hearing aids um, should be way cheaper yeah, there's this interesting, I think, intentional uh, hypocrisy or dichotomy that like insurance companies know that pretty much anyone, if they live past a certain age, are going to have some amount of hearing loss and some amount of vision loss. And so uh, vision is its own special insurance you have to pay extra for. And then hearing stuff is covered in really weird ways um so like a, a single hearing aid can cost thousands of dollars like thousands. one of one of those one of the two ones you have in your right now uh i th they were either three thousand a piece or five thousand a piece or a something piece like for that. one of them yeah yeah um Hold on. for what for, for one, one of one yeah one oh fuck and they only last like i think the life the life cycle on a hearing aid is maybe five 
to 10 years at most. Um, and thankfully the technology improves but the price goes up too. So every time I have to get new hearing aids, it gets more expensive unless I want like a really old model that degrades my like quality of life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I would be here for that if you ever want to. <laughs> Some Ferengi <laughs> cosplay with. Yeah. I can get cochlear implants. We can do a whole Borg thing. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. there for it. I'll be seven of nine, <laughs> seven inches of nine. I don't know. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a, it's an interesting. So like I, I had, uh, I had a stapedotomy on my right ear. Uh, Cause at the time it was, it, it had uh, more decibel range loss and more extreme loss of, of, of how, how much I could hear. And so I, I decided to have surgery on that side and that was basically hundred percent covered by insurance. And then like, but the hearing aids I'd had to buy were almost not covered at all. So it almost um, didn't, you yeah. still had to pay so much out of pocket. Like it's not, yeah. almost. would you, are you, are you, and so you're considering surgery on the other ear, the same surgery? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's gotten so bad that even with the hearing aid in it's, it's pretty, it's, I think the hearing aids need to be adjusted, which was the appointment that I missed because of the migraine. But um, uh, as well as that appointment was also going to be to talk to the surgeon to see like, am I a good candidate? Um, talk about the risks and and um, what they do, what they did on the right side that they that I may do on the left side is they take the the stapes, the stirrup bone, and they cut part of it off. Well, first they first they slice your ear your, your eardrum and f- move it to the side so that they can get in there. Then they cut out half of your stirrup bone and drill a hole through it. And then they put a little like piston prosthesis in there that connects the anvil directly to the cochlea, if I understand correctly. So basically the vibrations can pass more smoothly and the, yeah. all, the, all the sclerosis, all the calcification doesn't impact it. Um, and it, did, it, it improved the right side a lot. Um, and uh, so like, sort of thinking financially, maybe not necessarily like the best thing for me, but thinking financially of like replacing these hearing aids every five to 10 years and that price going up and up. And they still like, you know, I have to make sure I don't get them wet and I can't hear when I'm sucking dick in a sauna. And um, (laughs) it might make sense to get the surgery. Uh, There's obviously risks of any surgery. The weirdest one of the surgery is the face. There's a facial nerve that goes right through that right in through like weaves through all that area of your inner ear and it controls taste (laughs) so you can lose your sense of taste temporarily or in rare cases permanently i believe if they have to like pretty huge risk yeah yeah especially as someone that was going to pastry school like (laughs) and you know and also just to bring it back to the gayness of our lives I like I like jizz. It tastes nice. It's yeah. enjoyable. Some, yeah. Not all the time, but sometimes. So if I couldn't taste that, I'd be sad. Yeah, yeah. The simple <laughs> things in life. Please, please promise me that you you're gonna go to the doctor, and when he asks you what you think the issues are, you please say the words. I'm worried that I won't be able to suck dick in a song. <laughs> I've definitely talked about like I'm pretty brazen about like talking to my healthcare providers about like is the thing that you're going to do how is it going to impact my sex life um yeah 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 I've I've struggled telling my healthcare professionals about that when I and I've told this story before I'll tell again because it's relevant when I um lost the ability to pee a couple years ago on the day that Trump won the election in 2016 
I lost the ability to pee, which was a sign from God that was like, okay, the world is ending. So is there a chance it's coming back in 11 days? Well, that's what I'm hoping. I really <laughs> wish that like now that Biden's in and like, maybe I could be able to do that again. Cause I like piss play, but I'm, <laughs> but no, but so like I, I lost the ability to pee and I had to go to see the urologist and I, he was like, Oh, you could just keep the catheter in forever. And I, I had to stop him and be like, doc, I, I, I'm a queer man. I like to have sex with men. My penis is very important to me here. And he stopped and went, oh, 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 well, then I guess we can figure out another way. And he was so <laughs> flustered. But I remember just being so direct with him, being like, I, no, I want to have sex with men. And I'd yeah. like to use my dick again. He was he was clearly like this old, white, straight guy who didn't who was not ready for me to be like, oh, I'm gay! <laughs> <laughs> or but, even that you were sexual. Like, his assumption that, like, at your age and like you you like it seems like a reasonable assumption you would be sexual and yet because you're disabled maybe he made this assumption that like oh we'll just leave a catheter in forever yeah that's literally you don't need to use your dick for anything but but waste elimination that's literally what happened he was like well it's just it would just be easier and i said easier for who (laughs) stopped and looked at me like uh oh and and then i said you know you know i'm queer and i really want to like i really want to like I want to be with dudes and I was just really mad so I didn't care what I was saying and he was like oh okay we'll figure it out just stop talking it's all right right." and he like (laughs) couldn't deal with it but I just I was very proud of myself that I stood up there but usually when I'm with medical professionals like I get really shy about my queerness whereas in other spaces I'm very much like okay I'm super queer but not like so I'm really glad that you did that for yourself yeah yeah thanks um I want to flirt with you for another hour, but I don't feel like the audience wants to listen to that. So my, <laughs> my last question for you then for the show, and I'm definitely going to make innuendos with you off the air, but <laughs> you also mentioned that you adopted a deaf pet, which I thought was really cute and super apropos for you. And yeah. like, can you tell me a little bit about your deaf pet and a little bit about like that? And do you feel a deeper pond, a deeper bond with him, them, because you're also disabled? Um, possibly. Yeah. Like, so he's, his name's Rowdy. Uh, he, he came from Texas up here and, um, he's 12 years old and he's got a variety of, of challenges. He's mostly deaf, but I figured out like, it's like me, there's certain decibel ranges that he can hear better. Um, and noises of a certain volume he can still hear. So he's not hundred percent deaf, um, like me. And then he's got really bad arthritis in his hips. So sometimes his back legs aren't so good, like me. Oh, uh, like me too. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. The challenge with the with his arthritis is I need he needs he can't be he can't like hop into the car. So he has to or like climb upstairs sometimes. Uh, so he has to be carried. And yet because of my lumbar spine uh, issues, I, I carrying a 55 pound dog like bending over picking him up and lifting him and carrying him can be pretty like bad on my back so i can see he's right there but i can't see him yeah he's licking his paw rowdy come 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 on come here yeah we're, we're trying to oh, learn hello. signals. Yeah. oh you're such a sweetheart <laughs> hi yeah, more than anything he just wants to be petted non-stop I mean, I'm surprised he's left me alone for this long. I'm also a pup, so I get, Aww. I understand all about that. Give me all the scratches in the world, yes, please. Yeah. Um, yeah. But so, do, oh, yeah. Go ahead. Do you feel like a, a deeper like bond with him that you, because you have multiple, you both have multiple disabilities? 
I think I maybe understand them better than someone else might. Um, I think, I don't know if it counts as a deeper bond. I'm definitely like have a strong bond with my previous dog that my, my ex-husband has uh, most of the time um, because we were together like 24 seven for seven, eight years. Um, that dog and I were like very bonded. This one I've had for less than a month. Um, that we've been oh, together. wow. Yeah, he's pretty new. So I'm still we're still like learning each other's quirks. And I'm learning what different sort of signals that he gives me mean. And he's, he's learning, we're trying to do some hand signal stuff to learn how to sit properly. He was an like an out, I think he was like a ranch dog or something outdoor dog. So he didn't, he doesn't have a lot of basic training stuff um, yet. And so we're gonna try and teach this old dog some new tricks. I felt like you just set that whole thing up just so you could say those <laughs> words. <laughs> I love a pun. I love a dad joke. Um, that's so great, though. And he's adorable, and you're adorable, and you both are going to be adorable together. So yeah. that's awesome. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm out of questions. Do you have any final thoughts that you want to share with the audience right now? Oh, wow. Uh, I would mostly just like to thank you for having me on and legitimizing my disability and helping me think about it more, more in depth, really, like just the process of like, getting your questionnaire and thinking about things broadly. And then you, you sending me questions that you might ask and that helped me dig even deeper. And um, it's really helped me come to come to terms with this in the right, but claim the identity of, of disability. <laughs> Spell come. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I think it's, I think, I think it's a little bit of an awakening and a coming out for me today to, to like say I'm disabled and own that. And, be prepared or try to prepare myself to, to continue to own that and to uh, use it to get free stuff, I think is, is yeah, that's, that's, that's what that's, I've learned today. <laughs> that's correct. That's if, if you take anything away, take away that you should take free stuff and you should always tell the dude whose dick you're sucking that you have disabilities so they can yeah. accommodate you. Yeah. Um, and the next time you have a, a bukkake scene, text me, <laughs> let me know. I can't be there, but I want to be there in spirit for you. <laughs> i'll start an only fans or something yeah. i'm here for that yes please um <laughs> but how can the people get a hold of you how can they support see how i set that up <laughs> <laughs> oh i did i did <laughs> um so it's not super supremely filthy but if you want to follow my twitter which is probably pretty 18 plus uh i'm dirty little scout that's dirty lil <laughs> scout because dirty just scout was already taken write that down i'm just gonna put it in my brain space and I'm going to yeah. stalk you later on it. It's fine. <laughs> it gets confusing because then on Bay World and Dudes Nude, I'm Dirty Scout. No Lil, just Dirty Scout. On Scruff, I'm just Scout. And then um, on Instagram, I'm the Dirty Bunny, which is like a whole nother lifetime of yeah. stories and things. Okay, well, there's lots of... Not a furry, things. but exactly but uh, i mean yeah. i mean i don't see i don't see a, a lot of chest hair happening there so oh that's because i just got shaved from the neck to the like groin oh <laughs> okay it was a whole it was a whole scene it's not really my scene but it made somebody very happy so because i feel like you would i feel like body hair would look very nice on you yeah i'm usually pretty furry yeah up to here yeah We'll have to talk about that when I press off. But uh... <laughs> and you can, but the main place you can find me is Gayish Podcast. Um, you'll hear me on the air interrupting, and and if you sign up for the Patreon, their Patreon, then you get to hear a lot more about my filthy life. I'm here for it. 
I'm here for it. Dan Garglington, your real name is Garlington, but <laughs> it will be it will forever be Garglington to me. Uh, thank you so much for coming on today and for being so um, upfront and for, for doing something that's really vulnerable and scary for a lot of us coming out publicly about being disabled. I really hope that it this is the start of a journey for you to like own that because it is really hard and like I. But the more queer people we have talking about their intersection with disability, I think the better. So. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. We'll talk soon. Bye. Bye. All right. That was another episode of Disability After Dark, the podcast shining a bright light on disability stories, a part of the Wheels on the Ground network. I'm really, really happy you came to this one. If you want to follow my work, you can head over to www.drewgerza.com and you can follow me on all my socials at, at drewgerza. So Instagram and Twitter at Drew Gerza. You can also follow the podcast at DisAftDarkPod on Twitter. Remember, if you want to be a part of the show, you can email us at disabilityafterdark at gmail.com. Tell us a little bit about your story. Tell us a little bit about why you want to be on the show, and we'd love to have you. The show is, again, no longer just a sex and disability podcast. We want to talk to you about everything. So drop us a line. We'd absolutely love to hear from you. Remember, if you want to support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash disabilityafterdark and pledge as little as $1 a month or as much as $5 a month or more to keep a bright light shining on these stories. I'm your host, Drew Gerza, your disabled daddy. Thank you so much for listening to this Wheels on the Ground production, and um, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening. Bye! Copyright notice. Disability After Dark was presented, created, and produced by Drew Gerza and Wheels on the Ground Productions. Any and all materials, including graphics, audio recordings, and music, are property of the owner and cannot be used or distributed without express permission. Copyright 2020-2021.